Together we can love our bodies again Here on the gray scale Hello everybody, I'm Sierra And I'm Chrissy And this is the gray scale, welcome back um, we are so excited to introduce our guests for this week, um, but before that, we want to remind y'all, if you or someone you know is interested in coming on the show, please DM us on our Instagram page at thegrayscale underscore body or send us an email at thegrayscale.body at gmail.com and that's gray with an E, G-R-E-Y. Um, or if you have any questions that you want addressed, definitely feel, re- feel free to reach out via those platforms. Amazing. So now we'd like to welcome our guest for the show this week, Jay Brown. And if you would like to tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh my God. Hi guys. (laughs) Hi. Uh, So I'm Jay. I'm a Pisces. I'm technically single, but I am seeing someone. Um, I'm one of five children, including an adopted one. Uh, he's not adopted. He's just a stepchild. But I don't speak to him anymore. He's in his 30s. Anyway, this is about me. <laughs> this is about me, not them. Uh, I am a New York-based performer. I'm a singer. I do a little writing. Um, actor extraordinaire. Yes. Um, Marymount alum. I feel like that's like necessary to say in this space, which is like weird and stupid. But like, ooh, go Griffins. Just kidding. We don't have any sports. Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, is, is, do you want me to say anything in specific? Like, no, I think that's, um, that's pretty all-encompassing. Okay. I feel you. like that's Thank great. You so much. Thank you. Um, so what, should we just do it? We'll just jump right in. Okay. Um, so our first question we have for you, Jay, is do you remember the first time you became aware of your body or what you looked like or how others saw you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think as a... Can I curse on this show? Yes. I think as like a faggy queer (laughs) uh, growing up, (laughs) your body's always on display in Mm. the same way that like I know my, because I'm half Puerto Rican, half black, but I also have siblings who are like through and through and they they have a different experience for me because nobody ever thinks I'm black. They always think I'm like Dominican or like half something but they don't ever think that I'm black which is really annoying but I know that their experiences are different so regardless of my experience in existence I know that for them they've always known what their body's like because of their skin color the same way that I feel like I've always been aware of my body as like a queer effeminate person Mm. now I remember to the like the moment I'm in the dressing room the day that I was ever told that I was like fat right Mm. I was like 10 years old or 9 years old I went to private school in Puerto Rico Colegio Sonifel and (laughs) I was like and and for private school I don't know if this is like this like stateside but I know in the territory of Puerto Rico we have like stores that specifically cater to your school's uniform so I go to the store we're trying on things like nothing's fitting And, like, you're at that age where, like, you could be fat, but, like, you don't really know you're fat yet. Yeah. yeah and also... You're just, like, too busy having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, your body's changing. Right. So yeah. the way... The places that it's going, the things it's doing, fine. And I was like, okay, I guess we're going to keep trying clothes on. And mind you, this is, what, 2005-ish, probably. Yeah. So we're coming out of, like, skinny 90s anorexia mm. full of cocaine. And, like, early 2000s, like, punk boys with eyeliner. So I hated everything about me. I hated my hair type. I hated my skin color. I hated my body type. Now we're in this fucking dressing room. (laughs) Semi-circular dressing room. I just remember it. Like, fucking mirrors, mirrors, mirrors. (laughs) Sliding curtain. And I even remember the size. I was, they were like, okay, a 9 isn't working. A 10 isn't working. And 11 isn't working. She looks at my mother and she says, well, we could try a 12 Husky was the, yes, Oh bitch. my God. Husky. And not the cute furry dog. Okay. <laughs> and Ugh. my ass is like Husky. And all of a sudden it's like, it reverberates in your brain. Mm. Husky, 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 mm. Husky. You know what I mean? And you're thinking like, <gasps> I don't know anybody else who's Husky. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm the of a wimpy kid and yeah that's like my first time being hyper hyper aware 
of my body changing, my body being different, my body on display in a way that was different from how I was experiencing my body. Mm, And I've experienced my body differently ever since. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that's like very telling. And I feel like there's, there's always that one word that really sticks with you. And I, that, I mean, I think that's so spot on. I I feel like for me, it was like, it was chubby Mm. or like, you know, or like pudgy. Baby (laughs) fat. Yeah. Like it's all those fluffy was the kind version. Fluffy. Fluffy. Yeah. I had, I had families be like, you're just fluffy. As if that was like better. Yeah. Okay, bitch. You want to hear the Puerto Rican way to tell you? <laughs> the Puerto Rican way to tell you is, or, or the black way. Black people do this too. They'll tell, they'll look at you. You'll come back from college with your fresh college 15, <laughs> freshman 15 on your body. They'll look at you and be like, oh, you look so healthy. Healthy. Bitch, fuck you. If you think I look fat, tell me I look fat. But don't sit here and tell, because you're not telling my cousin who's a bodybuilder that he looks healthy. Interesting. That's so interesting. Well, people have such a weird relationship with, like, language Mm -hmm. and bodies. Like, I remember one time I was talking about fatness with my little sister. Mind you, I'm fully aware that I'm not really a fat person. That's fine. Boop, but I okay, I didn't mean like trigger word. But I was yeah. talking to my little sister years ago. I was a teen, she was like a child, and I used the word fat. And she's like, She's not fat, she's big boned. I heard that as well. And I was like, It's but it's not like a slur, it's not a bad word. No. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, some people have these weird relationships with certain words that are, you know, just the ways that certain people experience the world. Yeah, granted, if you're someone of a certain experience and you don't like that word, dope. Yeah. And you're welcome to experience that however you like. But I also think we do this weird criminalization of words and then attribute things to words that scar us, like fluffy and chubby and fucking husky. (laughs) I don't ever want to hear the word husky in (laughs) relation to my body ever the fuck again. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think... I've totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> that's our cue to move on. Um, anyway, so what did, this is a good question. What did your parents, or sorry, how did your parents or guardians talk about their bodies in front of you? Awful ways. Awful ways. My mom was, was a heavier woman. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, And it's hard to think about it as an adult now. My mom passed away when I was 14. So Mm -hmm. experiencing an adult's body Mm -hmm. as a child is just different in general. So it's hard for me to kind of even think about my mother as big as she probably felt or knew she was. Like my mother to me wasn't ever a big woman. Mm. She's my mom. I didn't see my mother as like this fat woman, but she always felt that way. She was always on to the next fad diet. Mm-hmm. She always wanted to tan. She always, like, you know, would... And she's beautiful. Beautiful woman. Great sense of style. Mm-hmm. She's she Sagittarius. <laughs> Burning ember in her spirit. She's hot, sensual, smart woman. But I think that, again, we're just now getting to the point in 2021 where we're experiencing bodies in a different way, in a curvier way mm-hmm. yeah and even still like i'm sorry some of these women with flat stomachs you, you're not you just have hips congratulations women have hips you know what yeah. i mean like yeah but if you have a flat tummy and the rest of your body is just like built like a nascar race like yeah race, like <laughs> yeah. i'm not gonna look at you the same way as like some of my friends who are literally sitting here struggling every day to figure out how they fit into media you know what i mean right. like yeah get out of here and i know my mother had that issue and i think something that i mean I can't speak to the experience of having children, but I'm sure that having children from my mother was really impactful for what her body was like, how it was changing. And my mom was like a yo-yo person. Like Mm -hmm. one couple months out of the year, she felt really snatched and wonderful. And then other parts of the year, she wasn't. Right. And I think as opposed to constantly trying to combat the yo-yo, we should just learn to accept that our bodies kind of go back and forth and to find a balance and peace with it. And I know she never really ever found peace of it. Mm, Yeah. And it was an active component of our everyday life. She was doing Atkins. She was doing this. She was doing that. Every little fat she could get her hands on that she felt could make her drop 
weight and feel better about herself. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, that's been kind of a common theme so far. I think we've, we've discovered is that like most people certainly that we've talked to so far have had that experience where they had somebody who was a, you know, parental figure in their life talking about their body in a way that was so negative and so like hateful. Mm -hmm. And I think that that in and of itself, even if it's not about you, it doesn't have to have anything to do with you. I think it really impacts us. I think it really affects how we see our own bodies because we're given this example of, you know, especially, you know, as a woman, like I, I hate, my body because that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. But I think like not even just that, it's also how we speak to our own bodies Mm -hmm. because I think I'm, I can't, like I'm saying, I can't experience my mother's body and I can't experience my body the way my mother experiences her body because she never talked about my weight, which Mm -hmm. is something I'm very thankful for. My father digs. My father's a piece of shit. But and a very he's very he's very upset with how his life turned out. Mm, and, you know, my dad was like supposed to be a great football player. It didn't happen. He had an injury, and now he's like really really overweight and just unhappy. Yeah. So as I was getting older, he would always be like, "Well, you know that by the time you're this age, you're gonna be this big because I was this big at your age." Blah 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 blah. And I'd be like, "My body's different from yours." Yeah. And I'm a woman. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> shut the yeah. fuck up. Um. Granted, I didn't know that at the time. I was like, "I'm just wearing skinny jeans because it makes me feel like a fallout boy." Like, yeah. Like, I was like, "I'm wearing skinny jeans because I'm affecting women." But anyway, um, when we're experiencing our bodies, we're experiencing our bodies in a personal way. But what mm-hmm. I think is hard to kind of comprehend as an adult with children is understanding that when you're kids are present for when you speak about your body negatively, they're going to learn to speak about their bodies negatively. Yes. Yeah. You know? And exactly. that's the thing that I know stuck for me. I'm, I'm a yo-yo. Mm-hmm. I talk about my body negatively left and right. And then my stupid privileged little ass <laughs> that fits into a size, you know, fucking seven and eight pair of jeans. I'm like a fucking bitch. I, <laughs> I treat my body like shit, even though... I have no reason to, mm-hmm. but part of that, and I don't blame my mom for this, yeah, because it's how she knew, I don't know, how to discipline herself, make herself feel more disciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, I really empathize with it. Yeah. But the effects of it are, well, now you have a kid who's grown up to not have the best relationship with their body because you kind of exposed your own bad relationship to your body. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I think that's really, it, it's not necessarily, like, I can't, I said this before where my mom had spoken about her body where she always said that she was grew up chubby and that she was really uh, upset about that and she, and I never had seen it. I couldn't, ex- exactly, she was my mom. I never yeah. saw her that You're like, way. what are you talking about, mom? You're so hot. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. You're yes. like, I want to be you when I grow up. And she's yes. like, I fucking hate myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Pretty much. and But then it's like I hear how she talked about herself and I was like, okay, but like, I, exactly, I inherited that habit of mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I, she would always talk about how she needed to change herself to make, whether it was other people accept her or herself accept her, I'm not sure, but I definitely adapted it to, I need to make sure everyone else around me feels comfortable about how I look. Mm. Yeah. The respectability politics of your body. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think, like, especially when we're talking about, you know, I'll say non-traditional body types. Because yeah. I, I think for me, my experience is so specific as, like, a black Latinx person. Because I remember growing it was always great to have an ass when, when I was growing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the case for a lot of my white girlfriends. Mm. They're like, oh my God, I hate how big my ass is. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You can bounce a quarter off that <laughs> You know, like it's such a diff. There are different things that different ethnicities and cultures find, you know, disproportionate or inappropriate yeah. or unattractive. Right. And I think we all have this weird kind of respectability politic about yeah. what we wear, how we wear it. And listen, bitch, I was out here before I was well aware of how transitioning was going to work out for me. I was out here looking like him for the Powerpuff Girls, wearing like <laughs> fucking 
high heeled booties and like lingerie in the street with a fucking goatee. Not anymore because we figured those things out. <laughs> but at some point, you have to throw respectability to the wind. Right. And part of that is seeing that it really doesn't matter. Absolutely. And that the people around you choosing to engage with you and experience your body have a variety of potential responses, not necessarily negative ones. And I think that's the big thing is we're conditioned to think that the response is going to be negative. Yeah. We're conditioned mm. to think that everyone in a room is going to see us in a fucking crop top and want to throw up. And that's not the case. Right. Sometimes you walk into a room in a crop top and they're just looking at how cute your fucking crop top looks and how confident you are. Mm-hmm. I was just having this conversation with my roommate. It doesn't, and we were talking about being a sugar baby, like being a successful sugar baby. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, it's an attitude. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I think people look at me and they, and this has been for years down to when I was like the most insecure piece of dog food on the planet. <laughs> but for me, people are always like, oh my God, you're so confident. I'm like, it's a lie. Yeah. And I'm finally getting to a place where I actually generally feel confident. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm literally only wearing tinted moisturizer and a little bronzer. Oh, um, yes. But, you know, th- it's not, it's an attitude. Right. And how you wear your clothes and how you present your body in space is an attitude. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Yeah, we have to break the cycle and say fuck however the world yeah. thinks I, feel like I should dress. 100%. I feel like we were talking a little bit about this last week, I think it was, but it's it's so much about, like, yes, faking it, and then also how you choose to talk to yourself mm-hmm. and how you choose to touch your body and how you choose mm. to, like have a relationship with your body and that is a choice I mean and and like that was something that I think was really hard for me to learn and I think it's hard for a lot of people to learn that and and sometimes I feel like such an asshole for saying that because it's like oh well it's a choice but it is and I think the biggest part of that is making the choice to retrain your brain because Mm -hmm. that's really what it is it's like refiguring out how to live your life in a world where you like yourself. Mm. And it's so, like, we're so conditioned to not live in that world that you do have to do work on a daily basis to get out of that hole. And, like, you know, to dig yourself out and to, to live your life in a way where you don't hate yourself. Because it is possible. And I think even if you're coming from, I think if you're coming from any sort of background, like a disordered eating background or what have you, like, I think... It really is about how you talk to yourself and how you, you know, take people in on the street and what you say to yourself when you see people on the street Mm. and what you say to yourself when you see yourself in the mirror. And it's, you know, it's, it's work. It's just work. And I think too, it's, um, there's also a point in your life where you have to start living for, living in a place of gratitude and thankfulness for Mm -hmm. what your body is doing as opposed to what it's not doing. I was doing some yoga <laughs> the other day, and I don't like to be like, ooh, vinyasa flow. Like, that's not me. Like, I want a fat ass, and I want a tight stomach, and I'm, I'm not going to sit here and fucking pretend I'm doing yoga, because I want to be one with my fucking spirit, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and pretend. Like, give me the hourglass figure. I want to look like Charlize Theron. Um, but she was kind of, she's like, she's, she's the opposite of me, and she's like, well, you know, yoga, and blah, 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 and she made a good point to say like, well, we're working on our core, but we're not working on our core because we want our core to look like anything. Mm. We're working on our core so that our core can, so we can say thank you to our bodies for the work that our core does to hold our bodies up. Yeah. And that's a part of the conversation. I think too, you're touching on something really um, complicated and woman specific, which is learning how to touch yourself. Mm-hmm. learning how to experience your body without shame yeah learning how to experience your body without feeling like you know an object or through the lens of anybody else mm-hmm. i know for me one of the biggest pieces of advice as a trans person um early transition um was learn how to touch yourself differently mm-hmm. learn how to experience your body differently there are things about my body that now react that never reacted before when I started hormones. Mm. So it takes some unlearning and it takes, you know, a discovery. And you want to be able to, you know, thank the heavens for where you've been placed, what you've been placed in, and treat it accordingly and treat it with kindness. And 
also something else that you made me think about too is like you're the leading player in your story yeah so don't treat yourself like you're a side character because of whatever it is that you look like this Mm. is your story yeah so you know when we're not living in a world where every lead looks like us it's hard to live your life like you're the lead but you are so treat yourself like you're on the cover of cosmopolitan magazine talking about how to suck a dick you know what i mean like (laughs) do it because you deserve to feel that way yes a hundred thousand percent i used to joke all the time in college about how i was the sidekick in my own story like Mm. i would say talk to my best friend and i would say like if they were to write a movie about my life you would be the lead Mm. and she was just like well why she was like why are you doing that yourself and I was like oh, shit and <laughs> yeah. you were like what shut up you were supposed to say thank you that was supposed to be so funny yeah. yeah um and exactly and that was one of the few moments where I was like ah yes this is me doing this mm-hmm. like I I'm the person who has to make the the first change right um and really the only change because you can't expect other people to change their attitudes but you can change your own mm-hmm. yeah so yeah but even in changing your own you change other people's attitudes very true. And that's the thing that that we, like, we don't realize or recognize or we don't see in real time. Mm-hmm. Because I know for me, in my trans experience, my queer experience, just me being in a room has changed people's experiences. Mm. And it's yeah. because, like, I chose to step into the light and I chose to step into my excellence and my power. And if I didn't do that and I didn't change how I felt about my body or about my spirit or about my presence my worthiness in space, then nobody else would. Mm. But it starts with us. It starts yeah. with our ability to claim what is ours. Yeah. Our right to just simply exist. Whether you are a big girl, a little girl, a thick girl, a black girl, a brown girl, an Asian girl, a trans girl, doesn't matter. You have a right to exist. Mm. So you need to make sure that you believe that so that the world around you that's following this blueprint that you know, thinks what you thought. Yeah. Which is, mm, I don't know if you fit in this picture. I fit in this picture, bitch. Yeah. And let me show you why. And all of a sudden, the world around you will start to see how you do, in fact, fit into the picture. And maybe, just maybe, there are other people behind you who also fit into the picture. Yeah. And that's kind of our responsibility. I know that that's how I feel with age. Mm-hmm. The older I get, the more I recognize. And I've always felt that way, I guess, but it feels the weight of it feels different the older I get, mm. is there are people behind me. Shit, there are people who are 20 years older than us who are just now stepping into the power and grace that we're giving ourselves now. Yeah, yeah. very true. So, you know, you have to live that way. You have to live with your with your ability to experience the world as you're right. Yeah. Oh, so well said. I feel like we should keep going because otherwise we're going to get But um, is it your turn? Yes, it is okay. my turn. So we've touched on this um, every episode so far. And I just think it's always interesting to see everyone's own interpretation of this question. Um, but have you ever tried a fad diet and how did it make you feel and what made you try it in the first place? Every single one. <laughs> um... Well, I mean, there are parts of my body that I just really don't like. Mm -hmm. And I haven't liked them for eons. Like, I'm literally thinking about going to my esthetician because, yes, I have an esthetician. (laughs) And she's a blessing. And I I recommend getting a little work done to everybody. It'll change your life. Um, But to go to my esthetician and be like, can you just, like, poke this part of my stomach with, like, a fat melter? Because (laughs) I can't get rid of that part of my body. And it's not because, you know, people are always... fucking hate people like this who are like so why don't you try this workout or why don't you do that yeah. or why don't you blah 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 fuck you suck my dick and you're like if you think I haven't tried that yeah you're, like, you're hilarious there are parts of your body that are just those parts of your body and they're going they're just they want to exist there yeah and whether you either find peace with that or you find a psychologically healthy way to mitigate it mm-hmm. fine and I think for me, as far as, like, diets and things, I don't like to do them because I don't, I don't feel like they're, they've always been effective for me. Yeah. yeah. And I know it's been more an awareness of my lifestyle changes, which I hate that people were right about that. Like, I'd be <laughs> like, oh, I gotta do this and I gotta do that. And they're like, well, why don't you just work out because it makes you feel good? I'm like, fuck you. And they're like, I'm gonna eat you next. <laughs> 
like, you're fucking next. Yeah, yeah, like, what the fuck? But the, it is real. Like, I had a really weird relationship to working out. I had a really weird relationship to what I was eating, how I was eating. And until I started to kind of experience them in ways that were healthy for me or ways that I felt, oh, okay, I do this and, and I'm noticing that it, that it feels good. Mm-hmm. I'm eating in a present way. I'm eating, I stop eating when I'm full. Mm-hmm. I, you know, try to make sure that everything I'm eating isn't, you know, frozen or processed. I try to make sure that I'm eating well in the way that my body deserves to eat. Mm-hmm. Truffles and lobster. <laughs> yes. And, you know what I mean? Yes. Butter. I don't care. As long as it's making me feel good. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have my days where I don't. Of course, yeah. But overall, I think it hasn't been great for me to experience these diets. And also because they don't last. Right. Mm -hmm. And all we want are these lasting results. Mm -hmm. And they don't fucking last because they're not lifestyle changes. They're not things that you're accepting in yourself to say, okay, I have to treat my body differently. When you realize that your body feels like shit, and it's not because you're fat. Or it's not because you're skinny. It's not because you're fit. It's not it you what you're doing in your body is shitty. Yeah. So yeah. stop doing it. Well, and I one of my favorite things, I I think this was Megan Jane Crab that said this, but basically <laughs> Di- the the reason we know diets don't work is because if they did, there would only be one, one and diet. we'd all be on it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And they just they they don't fucking work. Well, I'll say the one thing I love to do, and I I don't even really call it a diet because it's not really like it, it has stopped becoming a diet to me. Mm. Is uh, intermittent fasting. Mm. Really? I am a really, and, I'll, and I'm going to tell you why, <laughs> QVC. Um, intermittent fasting has helped me as a privileged, snot-nosed American with access to food at every turn mm. to be appreciative of what I'm putting in my body and be aware of it. Mm. Because okay. I have an eight-hour window to eat. And so it helps me acknowledge when I'm hungry versus when I'm telling myself I'm bored and I want to eat. It helps me be responsible with what I'm putting in my body, how I'm putting it in my body. Because, like, again, I don't think that, for me, the goal isn't, oh, contrary to, like, my own little demons in the back of my head, my goal isn't, oh, I want to be this, like, super thin fucking Mm -hmm. Naomi Campbell girl. That's not what I want. What I want is to feel good in my body. Mm -hmm. And I really, I have, like, I'm diagnosed, but I know it. Uh, I binge eat. Yeah. And it's really hard for me to like look at a, you know, 22 inch pizza and not eat the whole thing in one go because I grew up my whole life being like, if you don't eat everything that's on this plate, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're unappreciative and there's starving children in Africa and I'm like well, fuck you there's starving children in this building. That's a, um, yeah, relatable. Um, <laughs> that's, I feel like that's a big thing too because I so I grew up in a big Jewish family mm-hmm. and it's it for for me it's I think less of a disrespect thing but more of a money thing it was mm-hmm. like it was like you have to eat what's in front of you because it's not so much like you don't know when you're gonna eat again but more like you're wasting mom's money you're wasting right yeah and and you know I grew up with a single mom and mm-hmm. we had eggs for dinner a lot <laughs> you yeah. know but like that's what there was eggs and, over rice and right and it's like you you had to eat it all because that's what there was and you didn't want to waste it and I'm still like that Mm -hmm. I'll still eat all of it even when I'm full because I don't want to waste it or I don't want to throw the last three bites away I'm also doing this weird thing now that like I'm an independent person who has a decent amount of money not a lot of money I'm very broke I'm still poor (laughs) But, but now that I have like control over my finances allegedly um I do this thing where I'm like anything for you princess Mm-hmm. And, I I, and I will spend $50 on Seamless on fucking ramen and yeah. yes. truffle cake and be like, oh, <laughs> yes. eat it all before me. And I'd be like, fuck you, I don't care. Yeah. Or when I'm sad, I'll emotionally mm-hmm. eat. And mm-hmm. it's just like, and, so and I think the intermittent fasting thing is has helped me kind of feel like I have this guiding force to remind me to not be ungrateful. Well, See, I, I love that that's how you are able to claim that because I know there's, it's very controversial. It is, yeah. And because for me, I also binge eat and I am, but some, I'm someone who will wake up in the morning and won't eat until like 6 p.m. Mm. And then I will 
I'm like that Expl- too. I'll I'll ex- make it an excuse, being like, oh well, I haven't eaten all day, so I can eat. Yeah, I can everything. eat anything. I can go to Taco Bell and order one of everything. Yes. Literally. Yeah, 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 fully. And and it's not about you know what you know treating my body well. It's like okay, if I you know don't eat the whole day, that means at night I can eat whatever I want. I do that too. And it's it's just an uncontrolled and it's not intuitive it's just like a monster like I become a monster (laughs) yeah and and that's kind of how it is for me and so I actively have to like force myself to eat regularly in order for that behavior to not come out Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well that's why the fasting thing is good though because you wake up you have four hours where you like you have a coffee, you have tea, blah blah blah. You check in with your body, and then you have your first meal of the day. You have your eight hours. It forces you to make sure that you're eating in those eight hours. Yeah. That's well, fair. I mean, and it sounds to me like the way you're talking about it, it sounds like what it's doing is inspiring you to eat intuitively. Yes. Which is like that's <laughs> what we're all trying to do, right? 100%. I mean, it's like that's the dream. Mm-hmm. But I think, and I think that that people find that in different ways. Mm-hmm. But I think. I'm I'm so glad that you talked about this actually because I feel like intermittent fasting is something that's so controversial and I think I I feel like because a lot of people have talked to me about it too and I think my initial response is like if you're coming from any type of disordered eating background that's kind of scary because it's yeah. like that's and like I, saying, and I've had Don't to contest eat. with it mm-hmm. I've had to contest with it yeah because when I started feeling really insecure about my body. I didn't want to eat. Mm. And I do that thing where like, okay, well, I won't eat because blah, blah, blah. Until like I have a headache and I'm like starving. And then I'm like, okay, I'll eat now. Yeah. yeah. And there are these really unhealthy eating patterns for me. But what when I look at, you know, eight hours, look at it like work. And I say, okay, boom, boom, boom. And it forces me to. Because then I'm like, oh my God, I have one more hour to eat. Mm-hmm. Let me make sure that I'm putting something in my body. And I know that the person that I am dating, whose name shall go unsaid, <laughs> um, he only eats in like an eight-hour window as well. And mm. he works for the military. Mm. So he's not a soldier, though. It's fine. He works, <laughs> he's like in a leadership position. He's really hot. I love him. It's fine. Um, but he only works, he only eats eight hours out of the day as well, or tries to anyway, mm. because it helps him like metabolize. Oh, interesting. And that's what's like really good about it is for those of us who do binge eat or those of us who do feel like we overeat or we don't eat enough, it helps your body know exactly when it's going to be fed and exactly when it's going to stop. And it gives you a good enough amount of time to digest everything. Now, I don't think it's for everyone. I wouldn't recommend intermittent fasting if you like are fucking diabetic. You know what I mean? And you're yeah. like, if you need a fucking fruit roll up, go have a fucking fruit roll <laughs> yeah. up. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. for me, it's been an interesting psychological and health related thing where it also helps me check me when I don't want to eat. It helps yeah. me check me when I'm overeating. Like it really yeah. has been a, I've been doing it for two years on and off. I'm yeah. not a consistent person. It's fine. <laughs> but None of us are. Yeah. Okay. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But it's really helped me in a lot of ways to check in with my body and be aware of like what it is. Yeah. I feel like this is actually a good segue moment because this is a really, this is an interesting question that I, we actually, I don't think anybody's answered this no. yet. Um, but what does the word fat make you think of or feel? Lizzo. Um, <laughs> like in a rapid fire answer, Lizzo, um, in a personal way, what does fat make me think of and feel? I mean, I just think that it's in a complex, it's a complex question mm-hmm. because I feel like I've had so few instances of people talking about me being fat because Mm -hmm. I'm not Mm -hmm. you know yeah and I and the times that I have been like I remember one time I was at a Dallas fucking barbecue Mm. next to Marymount Manhattan College I know the one yeah we're all (laughs) the the very one yes (laughs) and uh I had somebody with me who had been on Broadway blah 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 and they looked at me and they said to me well you know I feel like the way that your body is set up If you want to be successful, you kind of just have to make a decision to tip the scale one way or another. You either have to lose a lot of weight and be active and have this, like, really great body, or you have to gain weight and just be a character actor. Because Mm -hmm. at your average size, it's just not going to happen for you. I have felt that so many times. 
And <laughs> in my head, I'm like, oh, okay. So, and in my, the first thing I think, even though he's not saying it, the first thing I think is like, oh, so I'm fat. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, and not even that I'm fat, I'm fatter than I should be. Mm. Yeah. You know? So when I think about um, that word and in relation to my response to it, unfortunately, like, I cringe. I'm like, oh, I don't want to be fat. Mm. That's, like, the first thing that happens in my body. Like, I don't want to be fat. Mm. And then I think about, like, fucking, you know, when someone's getting liposuction and you, like, see it all coming out. Mm. That's the second thing that I think about. And then Lizzo. Because, <laughs> and then Lizzo. <laughs> because I think about it as, like, I want to think about it in a positive way. Yeah. It's that kind of, like you said earlier, this checking in mm-hmm. of how you're responding to the world around you. Mm-hmm. And how you're responding to yourself and having to kind of connect with that microaggression that you're treating yourself with mm-hmm. to treat yourself better. I don't want to be fat not because like I hate fatness or the word fat or anything like that, but because unfortunately we have this idea that people who look a certain way and are allegedly fat are allegedly unhealthy, you know, right. which isn't true. Yeah. yeah. You know, like sometimes some people's bodies are set up a certain way to metabolize a certain way. They develop a certain way. It is what it is. So I don't know. Well, I think that this is, it's a, it's a scary question to answer because I think what it does is it really, it, it sort of demands that you look at your, your fear of the word. And I Mm -hmm. think we, we live in a society that fears fat. Yeah. Period. I mean, I think that that, that is unfortunately the reality and that's what we're working to combat. But Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think, I think you're not alone in having those thoughts and those feelings about the word fat because I think that for so many of us we hear the word fat and we're like oh I have to like I have to back away from that <laughs> mm-hmm. because I don't I don't want to be that or I don't want to think about that because because society says that it's a bad word yeah but I also think like we want a stupid bitch like some of us want a fat ass and and the reality of it is if fat is only bad in certain contexts mm-hmm. fat is only bad in certain parts of your body yeah. fat is only bad on certain body types, on certain people. Fat fat is only bad if you wear it in a bad way. Mm-hmm. You know, et cetera, and so on, and so on, and so on. I know for me, I don't, like, the first thing I think is, like, yeah, I don't I don't want to be fat. But I don't, I don't think fucking fat people want to be fat. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think yeah, that, I, mean, I don't think that, and I agree, like, I don't think that, like, I'm alone in that. And I think that the combating of it is real, but it's also necessary. Yeah. And I think... Yeah, yeah. Good question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, and I, I also think before we move on to the next one, I feel like the word "fat" we're we're sort of working towards reclaiming that word mm-hmm. because, like, so many words need to be reclaimed. I think that's a big one because it is it's a describing word, just as "skinny" is a describing word. Mm-hmm. But there is such, just like you said, there's such a negative connotation attached to it that I don't think needs to be there. I don't think being fat is the worst possible thing you could be. I mean, that's what we talked about so much with Corinne on her episode is that like, you know, being fat isn't the worst thing you can be. There's mm-hmm. so many other worse things that <laughs> yeah, you can be. Yeah, I literally be. saw a man on the subway who had one leg and he was doing just fine and he was not fat, but I'm sure he wished he was fat rather than have one leg. Yeah, <laughs> And that's like go. no shade to like people with one leg, but that is like, uh, you have to check yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said earlier, like, I'm well aware of, like, what my body is, but I'm also well aware of, like, my body as, like, a trans person. Yeah. I know that, like, my face is shaped a certain way or, like, my hips are shaped a certain way or my waist and this and where I hold my fat versus where I don't hold my fat. All that is so fucking exhausting. And experiencing your body as a trans person, whether you're a fat trans person or a skinny trans person, I think about Jari Jones, who is doing incredible things for the trans community and she is just amazing. She just did fucking Savage Fenty. Mm. She's a beautiful, fat, black trans woman. And she's not mad at it. Yeah. So, you know, exist in however your body exists. And if there are things that you can work towards to feel better, and I think that that's the key. Like, yeah. I don't want to lose weight because I feel fat and this and that and blah, blah, blah. I want to lose weight because I want to feel better. I find myself fatigued in certain ways but Lizzo twerks and fucking plays the flute at high velocity I can't do that and I'm like 100 pounds thinner than her whatever it is you know what I mean like so we really have to check in 
and recognize why we're reacting to the ways that we're reacting to our bodies mm-hmm. and fucking hone it in and yeah. be appreciative of whatever it is. Fat is not a bad thing. Well, and so often it's not actually about how much fat you have on your body or, mm-hmm. or your weight. Like so often your health is actually about, you know, what you're choosing to put in your body, how much sleep you're getting, yes. what, you know, whether or not you're exercising, whether are you or not moisturizing? You're, yeah. Are you going outside and seeing the light of day? Yeah. Like, are you dry? Like yeah. Inside and outside. Are you drinking water? Yeah. You know how much fucking water I drink now? I honestly I realize, I realize how little water I drink. Shout out Sarah Colt. I realize how little water I drink and yeah. how much Diet Coke I do drink. I mean, but Diet so, Coke is so good. Diet Coke is like Jesus in fluid form. Mm. I feel like what Joel Olstein feels about whatever demonic Christ he praises um, <laughs> is how I feel about Diet Coke. I'm I like, respect. oh, here is the body, here is the blood, here's a go, go, go. Right out the bottle. I love Diet Coke. Yeah. Sponsor me. <laughs> But even so, like, I mean, Lizzo even made that post that went viral recently of two photos of herself, pre and post, or not post, because we're still in it, pandemic, um, about, she's like, these, to both these women are happy, and they're experiencing life very differently, but they're both happy, and they feel good about themselves, so, like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, exactly what you're saying, like, are you, ha- like, are you, do you feel good about yourself? In whatever way that means is more important. But I also think like the desirability of our bodies. Yeah. Like we're sitting here. I think the reason that we feel the ways that we feel so negatively about our bodies whenever they look a certain way or they weigh a certain way has so much to do with like, oh, well, they don't want me or they don't or they Mm -hmm. don't like me or I'm not desirable. Right. When in reality, motherfuckers love fat girls. Mm -hmm. And I wish the world would accept it the same way men heterosis straight men love fucking trans girls they also love fucking fat girls yeah and that's period mom. yeah and you could take that to the bank and cash it out yes. <laughs> and i wish the world would just fucking accept it like yeah. it's perfectly fine yeah. everything is fine it's a it's less about you know those things and more about how how do we feel how we experience the world and not letting how media portrays us and demonizes our body types or you know our gender or sexuality or our skin color and allowing us to find peace and desirability in what we look like because it's about confidence yeah Mm -hmm. it's about health and spiritual emotional and psychological health and your confidence yeah i it full circle a hundred percent it's like it's so about how you present yourself and it's, I mean, and how you present yourself is going to come from how you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Great. So we'll move on to the next question. Should we do this one? Yes. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. So what is something (laughs) you stopped doing or pursuing due to how you felt about your body or due to your body in general? Dancing. Mm. Really? Mm -hmm. I... Every morning for daily dance, in tights, I wanted to die. Mm. I hated it. Yeah. And I am now trying to contend with if that was me and my body dysmorphia and me hating, like, what my body looked like in general, mm. or if it was gender dysphoria. Mm. Um, but yeah, dancing. And I really wish that I danced still. And I know that there are things... I know I can. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I moved through space fine. I got this built like Beyonce. <laughs> you gotta tell yourself. One day you'll see it, mama. Yeah. Um, one day I'll pay enough money. I'll be like, this is what I want to look like. Make yes. me like this. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, I just... Dancing. And yeah. I wish I did it more. Yeah. But there are, there are things about looking at... And I'm sure, hello, dancing. There's something about looking at yourself in like a floor to ceiling length mirror and unforgi an unforgivable overhead lighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know Truly. what I mean? Like the honestly, worst lighting in America. Yeah. In like fucking tights surrounded by fucking gazelles. Yeah. Who don't hate their bodies. Yeah. I'll never forget Ananda Weber's incredible body. <laughs> Dance freshman year. <laughs> Her, she is like a goddess among men, and her toes do these things, and her ribs. Like, but she also has worked for that body. Yeah, you know, and that's something that we don't. We kind of sometimes think 
that some of these people on this earth that we admire, we look up to, or that make us feel a way about our bodies, oh, you know, well, they just dropped out of this earth that way. No, she is a trained dancer in several styles, <laughs> and that's her body looking that way is a byproduct of that. Yeah. Right, of her working you know? her entire life yeah, to, to be that. And also not to look that way. Right. To be a dancer. Right. You know, yeah. and that is, again... Full circle ass conversation. If if it's not like she's like, like I'm gonna be a dancer so I can have a snatched body. She's like, no, yeah. I'm gonna have a snatched body because I'm a dancer. Right. Yeah. One hundred percent. So and for me, I also was coming out of uh, the Greater Hartford Academy of the Arts for acting and not musical theater. Mm. And I lived with my dad, who was like telling me I had two left feet and was telling mm. me that like, oh, you know, I'm gonna be a size 34, 36 by the time I'm 20 and those things started becoming true in my head and mm-hmm. started manifesting in reality. I was failing out of dances. I wasn't showing up because I was so fucking petrified. Yeah. I was gaining weight because everybody around me was telling me that I was going to gain weight. You know, and it was, I hated it. I hated every second of it. And I wish I could go back to my younger self and be like, bitch, you were doing splits freshman year. Just, just push. <laughs> and don't believe what your dad is saying to you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. surround yourself with love and affection and acceptance and you will get there. Yeah. And I know for me, the times that I did talk to teachers about how I was feeling, they would always be like, you, you know, you can dance, right? I'm like, shut up, it's ain't you picking like me. <laughs> but it was true. Yeah. You know, I remember the first time I looked at a video of me dancing with my peers. The fr- We were doing all that jazz. Oh, God bless Fosse. <laughs> we were doing all that jazz and it was uh, sophomore year. And I was like, wow, I don't, I don't hate what I see. Mm. But the fear of me not hating what I saw and feeling like, okay, well maybe it was just a once in a lifetime thing made me like not keep pushing through. And my dance teachers were always so upset with me. Yeah. Because, you know, but they don't know that. And also, frankly, like six years ago, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm. Six years ago, I didn't know that, oh, I don't want to go to dance because like I'm definitely deafeningly insecure right about my dance because i don't like to look at my body in a mirror mm. how do you get better at being a dancer if you don't look at your body yeah. yeah same thing with my face like as as you know a trans person in the world and someone who really loves makeup and is really good at it like people are always like oh what's your advice and well my advice is sit there in the mirror and look at yourself mm. i have spent probably collectively a hundred thousand hours looking at my face mm-hmm. and it's one hell of a humbling drug but it's also an incredible experience to fall in love with yourself Mm. and i know that as far as physical activities and things that i stopped doing dance i stopped doing um for a while because of how i felt with my body i even like stopped having sex with people Mm. in my life which is really shitty um even in my transness i found it difficult dating before before i got to where i am today um, and kind of been like, well, fuck it. Nobody wants me, so I'm not going to date. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Parts of my life where I've kind of like, like I've recently, okay, this is so explicit, but I'll give it to you. <laughs> we love it. I'll give you the tea. Um, I feel like I'd gotten used to having sex in a way that made me face away from my partner because it was, mm. I, and I didn't psychologically realize this until the last couple partners in my life really enjoyed looking at me during sex mm-hmm. in that kind of intimacy breaking barrier breaking way that I was like, Oh wow. Like, yeah, doggy is great, but it's also great because I feel like you can't look at my body and you can't look at my face and like you mm-hmm. get to kind of experience me as like a sexual puppet. Right. Yeah. Which is problematic and fine, but it's also limiting in your ability to connect with the people around you. Mm. So I think how we view our bodies, how we see our bodies, experience our bodies is always going to influence what we feel like we are capable of doing and accomplishing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Beautifully said. <laughs> I don't feel like I have anything to contribute those settings. I mean, I definitely, I definitely have a lot of stuff around dance too because I grew up dancing. I've danced my entire life. And up until high school, I was very confident about it. I was a competitive Irish step dancer for 10 years. Killer, too. Well, so thank good. you. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's how we met. That's how we met. That's how we met. But I, and it was, it was such a huge part of my life for so long, and I felt good at it. I mean, good enough. Like, I, I was definitely 
one of the reasons I stopped doing it was because I was like, this is pretty much my stopping point. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to improve after this, you know? Mm. And that was hard for me to accept. And, and it, and, and then, you know, I really fell into committing to doing musical theater, which took up my time. And so I had to sort of say goodbye to that, which was really hard because I had been doing it since I was four. But then I got to high school and I had this, you know, 23-year-old dance teacher who had been a ballerina her entire life and and all she wanted to teach us were lifts. And instead of being taught how to be lifted, I was made to feel like... You were too heavy to lift. I was too heavy. And mm-hmm. it wasn't even so much that she would say that, but it was just like everything about the nature of the situation was that I was too heavy to lift. And then when I lost 30 pounds because I was depressed and not eating, everyone was like, oh my God, you look so great. Yeah. You're so, and, and like, it just, I felt lighter. I felt like I was easier to lift. And it, it, it changed my mentality about who I was as a dancer so much to the point where I was like, I'm not a dancer. I'm not a dancer. Like, even though I had been dancing my entire life, I couldn't possibly be a dancer because I didn't have enough technique and I, I couldn't, I wasn't taught how to lift or be lifted. And so I didn't know how to do it. My excuse was, I'm not going to win a Tony for fucking dancing. Mm, So, I know, I know this. I know this about myself. I'm going to win a Tony for being able to sing and act the house down boots. Not going to win a fucking Tony for being a dancer. I'm not Cheetah Rivera. (laughs) <laughs> and I knew that. Yeah. And so I said to myself, and I said that to fucking Patricia Hoke Simon, my white grandmother. I said that to her. I was like, we were in a meeting and she was like, well, you know, why aren't you going to dance? And I said, because I'm not going to win a fucking Tony for dancing. Yeah. So yeah, you want me to go to dance because you want it to be a skill that I can do because you want to pump out fucking chorus boys at work consistently for the rest of their, our lives. So the me. collagen in our knees gives out. Right. And we have a fucking, you know, actor's equity pension. But that's not me. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think I was so, so scared that if I wasn't a triple threat, I wouldn't work. Mm. Especially, as, I mean, boo-hoo, I'm a white girl. But, like, as a white girl in musical theater, well, there also, are so many of us. Also, there's 38 million of you yeah. every square block right. in New York City. And yeah. half of them can turn circles around me. Right. And and I think it really affected my ability to even go into auditions. And this is something mm-hmm. I've learned in the last year is that, like, I don't want to audition in that way because it doesn't make me feel good about myself. Boom, bitch. I don't have to. (laughs) Boom. But the gag for me is I could have been a triple threat and I chose not to. I Mm. made an excuse Mm -hmm. big enough that I said, okay, well, lean on these other two things because fuck it. Yeah. You know? And I think like that's, it's two sides to the same coin. Mm Mm-hmm. I need to be a triple threat. I don't need to know how to do this. Yeah. When in reality, like, and I think I talk about it when I talk about having a degree in theater, period, which is if you have a degree in theater, you're a really good team worker. You're a great Mm -hmm. team builder. Yeah. You can do anything. You're a great manipulator. No shade. (laughs) In a good way. You can talk your way out of any situation. You can improvise if you don't have your notes. You're a good salesperson. Okay. It's like a fucking Pokemon evolution of an English degree, you know? (laughs) Truly and honestly. (laughs) But, but nobody really sees it that way. They're like, oh, what did you do? You just pretended to like fucking be a clown for eight hours a day. You're yes, like, yeah, bitch. that's definitely what it was. And now I'm going to clown around and take your man. <laughs> but, you know, I think if somebody had told me it's not just about your ability to dance, it's your ability to remember physical movement in space. Mm-hmm. It's your ability to be able to collaborate with a choreographer in space so that you know what your body's doing on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody's telling you that in school. Everyone's telling you, well, you need to go to dance class so you can know how to dance. It's bigger than that. Even if your agent never sends you into a dance audition because you can't dance, at least you know that you know what your body's doing in space and you can, you know, flip something backwards if somebody needs you to and it's not going to be a problem. Right. But some people can't do that, like myself, Mm -hmm. because we limited our ability to explore what, you know, our bodies can do in space as artists. Yeah. Because we thought it was a one-dimensional skill that, Mm. you know, we just didn't have. Well, and and because it's scary. Terrifying. It's really scary to explore with your body. I bet. Hello, these are skin tight. Yes! Sickening and some tights, but I just could not deal with everything else. I couldn't deal with it. And I I also don't like feeling weak. Yeah. Yeah. I'm someone who who quits when they're, like, I don't think I could excel at something. Yeah. And I stopped performing altogether because I was like, I've never seen 
a leading lady besides Tracy Turnplay at above a size 10. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, no one, no one would take me seriously. I'm five feet tall, mm-hmm. average across the board. <laughs> and so I, but listen, like, I, and that's how I felt at the time. I don't feel that way now. You're like, I'm a bad bitch. The fuck? Yeah. You're like, like, I am Rihanna. <laughs> I'm hot shit. I'm like, listen, everyone would be blessed to witness my shower concerts, mm-hmm. but... At the time, I was like, why would I put myself through such hell yeah. of rejection after rejection? And I stopped in it. And a lot of talent is obviously natural, but also a lot of work and you can improve on your talents. And I stopped, you know, trying to get better because I figured no one would take me seriously. I'd walk up on stage, they see some short, chubby girl and... And that would be it. And I would never be seen as an equal. And I think a lot of my educators were at fault for kind of instilling that in me. But I was the person who had the thought first. Well, and certainly perpetuating it. I mean, I had the same, I had the same thing. I had a teacher tell me that I should lose weight when I was 16. When I was 16, which is like the worst time to tell anybody (laughs) that they should be doing anything differently with their body (laughs) because you're so vulnerable and you're Mm -hmm. so insecure and so I was like okay well I have to go on this crazy diet I went on I think it's called like the rainbow diet and like every day of the week I had to eat I know it was crazy (laughs) I had to eat like a certain color of food and I was only allowed to eat that color so it was like red and then or it was absolutely insanity it was like a creativity thing but not as like a health thing no it was like it was insane and make a great pinterest picture yeah yeah, yeah. the worst part of it was that i dieted all summer and i danced all summer and at the end we had at the end of the summer we had this like dance showcase of everything we'd been working on all summer and this this woman I, i like came up to her afterwards and i was like so like how'd i do and she was like oh i didn't notice a difference Ooh. Ouch. And it destroyed me. It totally destroyed me. Like, I'm that so was sorry. it. <laughs> I was like, okay. okay, well, I just did all this for completely nothing then. Yeah. And then after that, I got dumped and I stopped eating. Yeah, I did all of this for nothing but a compliment from people that don't matter. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that's all you really want. Yeah. Yeah, but is it... Well, you want more than that, but it, it suffices. Really, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I think it's it's what we think we want is the validation from other people, but what we actually want is the validation from ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's something that's so hard to see when you're in it in the moment. Or it's when like, you're six fucking teens. Yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah. That too. You just want to be like the cute pretty girl. And I just wasn't that. And especially, I mean, and then I also had my mom being like, you just need to be an ingenue. And I was like... But I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not an ingenue. I'm too loud. I just like I can't. And you keep making me fucking eat eggs for dinner. <laughs> Ingenues don't eat eggs. <laughs> yeah, fully slams yeah. the door. I fucking hate you. <laughs> yeah, fully. Yeah, that's it. I yeah. see the fantasy. That was it. Basically. That was it. I mean, I just remember like I had what. The weirdest and embarrassing glee phase in high school. Oh, um, I had it for season did. one and two. Yeah. And after that one concert where Leah Michelle sings Don't Rain on My Parade, I stopped watching because it got bad. <laughs> mm, fair. Yes, I have the true. first three seasons on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was so sad. Like, I was obsessed with it, and I remember telling, like, I was getting ready for an audition, and I said some comment about, like, um,. If only I was as good of a singer as Leah Michelle, and my mom was like, "Well, you're just never gonna be." <laughs> oh, baby. Which, oh, I mean, at the time, true, but <laughs> but like devastating, like Holy. heartbreaking, Holy. and that was kind of the moment where I was like, you know, this ain't for me anymore. Yeah. Um, and I mean, once again, like. Those are the things, and it was just, once again, another excuse of, like, I keep getting all these no's, like, it's just not worth it. But also, mm. comparison is, like, a diabolical tool. Yeah. yeah. Which is I, I feel videos. like it is such a pitfall in our lives to compare ourselves to absolutely anyone. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I've had a hard time comparing myself to anyone because, like, I'm somebody who didn't even realize they were trans for a long time. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the language. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know that it was me. So when people would be like, pick one, pick one theater artist whose life you want to replicate. <laughs> I was like, I don't fucking know. Billy yeah. Porter, I guess. Like, but, and even <laughs> yeah. still, like, Billy and I, we have a lot of things that are really similar about us and a lot of things that are very different. Mm-hmm. I will not have the career that Billy Porter has in the same way because yeah. I'm not a 
fucking black gay man who happens to be Billy Porter. Yeah. I thought about Cheetah Rivera. I'm not fucking Cheetah Rivera. I'm not J-Lo. I'm not Beyonce. I'm not any of these people. But what I can do, and which was always been like my key to success in life, is compare myself to who I was yesterday and the mm. day before that and, and a year ago. And it's kind of that piece of advice that you don't click with for years. And then one day you do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like Leah Michelle. I want to sound like the best me I can sound like. Absolutely. But first you need people to start appreciating what it is that you do and what it is that you bring to the table as opposed to comparing you. People are always comparing me to Alex Newell and I can't do half of what Alex Newell does vocally with the same ease that they do. Yeah. And that's on period. Yeah. But I know what I can do. I know who I am. I know my ability. And sometimes it takes an extra kick in the ass for me to believe it. But, you know, even coming into this apartment and you saying that you have my single on repeat makes me feel incredible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it makes me feel like, well, what's the point of comparing myself to Leah Michelle or anybody else? There is no point in doing that. Well, other people than to don't sabotage want, myself. People don't want two Leah Michelles. They want one. Yeah. <laughs> one of the best things I ever heard in college. Boom. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. One of the best things I ever heard in college was someone was saying that like they get compared a lot to I think it was like Brian DRC James. And this educator was just like, Okay, well, if someone wants to cast Brian DRC James, they'll just cast Brian DRC James, so you have to bring something new to the table mm-hmm. because you're unique. Boom. And can I tell you something Billy Porter said? Shout out Billy Porter, who <laughs> I do have a soft spot in my heart for. I think Billy Porter's incredible. Yeah. Billy Porter said, it comes to a point in your career, everybody in the room is pretty. Everybody in the room can sing. Everybody in the room is talented. So what the fuck makes you different? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, you can do all these things, but so can she. So why do they need you? Why do they need to cast you? Why do they need to give you the job? It doesn't matter. Like, none of that other shit matters. Yeah. And it's constantly what we tell us. Oh, but I can sing. Oh, but I can dance. Oh, but I can do this. Yeah, but are you yourself when you walk into the room? Or are you too busy thinking that you want to be anybody else? Mm. Fuck that. I know now in my life, whether I'm 100 pounds heavier than I am now or 100 pounds thinner than I am now, which would probably be impossible. I would probably die. Um, <laughs> that all I want is for somebody else to want to be me. I don't want to be anybody else. Yeah. Love that. I want somebody to be like, oh, I want to be like Jay one day. Yeah. That I think is fucking powerful. Yeah. Right? And I don't say it for ego. I say it for like the fact that I know how I feel. Mm-hmm. I know how unstoppable I feel, how good I feel, how happy I am in my body and in my spirit. And I wish that for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I know that it takes a lot of work for me every day and I bitch and I moan and I complain and I cry and I kick and I scream. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm still leagues happier with who I am today than who I was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, five years ago or yesterday. And I need to always keep that in check because yeah. that is the key. And I want and I want that for people. Yeah. I think that's why we've started this yeah. in the first place is that, you know. For me, thank you. Yes, just for you, <laughs> just guys. for you. But I think, you know, we, we both met at a very different time in our lives and and then you know even when we came back together a few years later we're we're we were different we were changed because we had started to accept our bodies more and and mm-hmm. I think I wouldn't trade and I, I've said this in an Instagram post too like I I would not trade being you know a size four for the happiness that I have now with mm-hmm. myself and my life because and I want that for other people. I And I think that it's attainable. And I think that the reason we want to be here talking about it is because it is attainable. And I want people to feel like it's attainable. And yeah. I want people to hear somebody that they identify with on this podcast that they've never been able to identify with before. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. Also because I know how shitty it is when it wasn't attainable for me. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's the thing. That's a little voice that sometimes I have to, like, turn the volume up on is, well, sure, you're having a bad day today. Sure, you feel bloated or you feel shitty or you feel like you what you're doing is bad or yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. Bullshit, bullshit. But remember when it was worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And be thankful that you're not there anymore. Yeah. And how can you practice what it took you to get to where you are now? Yeah, yeah. You know, 100%. We, got, we have to do it for the people that we were mm-hmm. who were out there. Yeah. yeah. Existing right now, struggling, who have not, and may never. Yeah. Okay? We're going to try. We're yeah. going to try and reach you. We're going to try and connect with you. We're going to try and give you hope. Mm-hmm. 
it may it may never happen for some of these people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. But I I've been trying I've been f- stressing this for people recently when I when I have talks or conversations. It's just like, but all you can do is plant the seed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plant the seed and hope that when you walk away, they sow it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. And I think this is a, a really nice segue. Um, this is the question we like to uh, end off our podcast with every week is if you can name three things that you love about your body or yourself. Oh, where to begin? This I is mean, my favorite question. Uh, this ass is high and tight <laughs> yes. and right. I've always loved my booty. Um, I love my legs. And I really like my lips. Mm. Yes. You've got great lips. You do. I don't, they're not even lined right now. Mm. <laughs> mm, yeah. And uh, um, runner up, my eyes. Yeah. Because people are always like, oh my God, your eyes are so intense. I've been really enjoying staring into them. <laughs> yeah, you like that shit. I know my eyes say a lot. My they do. Are, also, my like ability to just hold focus with somebody mm-hmm. is a very intense thing. I also do, I also have this weird, like this is so unrelated to three things I love about myself. <laughs> But I don't know why I do this. And I think, I don't know if it was a class, like a speech I heard or something, but they were like, when you're giving talks, you're talking to more than one person in the room. Make sure you're bouncing around. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. yes. So, you know, everyone gets a little bit of my eyes. I love yes, it. they do. Oh, my eyebrows. There's so much yes. else. My cheekbones. Yes. My skin. I mean, what's there not to love? Amen. Amen. There was a point in my life where all I could say to that question, though, was my legs. Mm. And I'm very, I'm very happy that I'm getting to a point in my life where... I I can say more than that. Yeah. Too many and I options. can appreciate it. Yeah. I can appreciate my, my hair. I used to hate my hair. I love my hair now. I love that. It makes you want to go back in time and be like, Yeah, and shake yourself. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I love my esthetician. I love my dermal filler. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's great. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. This yeah. has just been like such a dream. It yeah. always is. I dreamed a dream yes. of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. I think that's going to be it for today. Um, so, yeah, remember that all shades of gray are beautiful, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.